for a leader to be able to amplify the trust with your employees, with your customers, with your stakeholders is very, very critical now than ever so, right? Because you are not having the physical contact anymore. You're not able to have workplace meetings. You're not able to visit customers as much as you used to do in the past. Uh, you're not able to, you know, go out and kind of have in-person interactions, right? So the trust both with your employees and customers and partners is very important because ultimately they need to know that you are with them. This is episode number 111 of The Inspiring Talk with Nikhil Arora. Welcome back inside yet another episode of The Inspiring Talk. My name is Vijay Gautam. I'm your host for this show. Each week, I interview today's most successful and inspiring personalities to help you realize your inner potential. Having known Nikhil for three years, the thing that I admire a lot about Nikhil is that he's one of those leaders who is constantly pushing boundaries, both in the business as well as in his personal life. Nikhil has completed four triathlons, including Ironman, which is considered as one of the toughest sporting events that test your physical and mental strengths. He has completed 30 full and half marathons in different parts of the world. Nikhil is the Vice President and Managing Director of GoDaddy India. Prior to this, he launched and led the Asia operations for WeWork. He was awarded the Economic Times Most Promising Business Leaders of Asia 2019. He recently published an ebook called The Subtle Shifts of Radical Change, where he talks about how you can navigate the everyday shifts in business, work, and leadership in the post-COVID world. In this conversation, we'll discuss how the work culture is shifting in post-COVID world, how you can adapt to this and succeed, how leaders can stay relevant, how can we find strength and agility to deal with tough times and a lot more. Let's jump in. Welcome back inside yet another episode of The Inspiring Talk and I'm super excited to have Nikhil Arora with me. Nikhil, thank you for joining me. Thank you and thank you for hosting. So Nikhil, we bumped into each other at Yertel Daily Half Marathon in 2018 where you had just completed a run and your wife was also running. Uh, we had a brief conversation about how you started making outdoor activity, you know, part of your family's life and so on. Being someone who is so passionate about running, how have you been adapting to this whole situation since the last year? Yes, uh, thank you for reminding, uh, you know, we, yes, we met at the uh, completion of the Airtel Half Marathon. I think that was the year I, I was pacing a few first-time runners, and uh, uh, it was an awesome, awesome experience. But uh, talking about last 12 months, right, I think it's been really, uh, I would say, a resetting for everything we do, right? And from a wellness and fitness perspective, uh, you know, one of the things I uh, had got used to early on because of my work travels was how to, you know, find ways to keep fit if you're not able to find outdoor activities, especially when I would travel from, you know, one city to the other or sometimes one country to another. Uh, so over years, I had developed this regime of, you know, having some indoor ways to keep fit and just, uh, you know, do at least the basic stuff, right? Uh, I would always carry things like a TRX. You know, TRX is a very portable uh, workout uh, equipment. You can just, you just need a hook to hang up uh, yeah, on a yeah. door, you know, or other things. So I think, uh, just having the mindset, I think the important thing is, you know, if your mindset is to say, I got to find an hour, whether I'm indoor or outdoor, to do my workout and keep myself mentally and physically fit, that works. Uh, and I think uh, that at least helped me, helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and you know, now it's pretty evident that there's nothing called as going back to normal, you know, with the second wave right now hitting hard. We don't even know when this is going to end. So, in this scenario, how we as an individuals can, let's say, find the strength and agility to get excited about the future and, you know, see the opportunity in the future. Yes. Yeah, so one of the outcomes of last year's lockdown and the unfortunate situation, you know, I ended up writing a book, as you know, called yeah. The Subtle Shifts of Radical Change. And the book really talks about uh, the question you asked, 
you know, what is the new normal? What is the current normal? And what would be, you know, the future? And I kind of just broke down the book a bit into maybe five segments, right? And when I say five segments, like I call them GDP, though there are five attributes under the GDP, G being the role of the government in our life. You know, the role of government is certainly Mm. got powerful and impactful, both at a business level and at a personal level, right? Because uh, when there is a lockdown, what is open, what is shut, what healthcare facilities are open, available, right? So the role of government has certainly taken a new meaning in our lives. The D part was around digitization and deglobalization, I think, uh, and we can talk more about that. And then the P part is more about public-private partnership and purpose-driven. I think all of us, both as businesses and as individuals, I think the awakening of purpose in life and purpose in business has come to the forefront, right? So when I talk about GDP, it's really the the, the government, the digitization, the globalization, purpose, and public-private partnership, uh, which has taken you know front and center. And there are a lot of themes we can talk about which are underlining you know uh, beneath these kind of main topics. Yeah, and we you know we have seen with the onset of pandemic two kind of people, right? So one set of people who went ahead and said that you know what I'm going to wait for all of this to get over, and you know kept complaining saying that hey this is really bad, whether that's for the business or employee doing the job. And I just can't wait to the world to get back normal. And there are other set of people like who have the mindset of saying that, oh, you know what? It seems like it's not going to change, you know, anytime sooner. And it's better that I adapt to this and that kind of accept this and move forward, right? So then are there any threats that you think can really help people succeed in the post-COVID world, you know, and adapting to the whole shift that's happening right now? You know, firstly, I think navigating this current uncertainty, right? It's really about, I would say, a discovery-driven journey with fair amount of uncertainty and a lot of pivots and a lot of inflection points up and down, right? So I think having the mindset to be able to embrace uncertainty and, you know, having the mindset to perhaps know that there are more questions than answers, I think is a good start because it helps your mind train better that, you know, it is going to be a slow and steady discovery driven process, right? Secondly, I think we all should understand that it's almost like a beginner's mindset because nobody has ever seen this kind of time frame, right? Where none of us have been, been through like a pandemic like this, right? So it's kind of everything is level. We are mm. all on the same plane as beginners, right? Trying to mm. figure out what's going on and, and what's not going on, right? And so be able to, use that approach and say, okay, I am as good as the next best person because he or she has the same information. But it's about instincts, right? Being able to be comfortable with not a lot of data, you know, some data, because data is changing every day, real time, right? So be able to process, like what used to happen in the past, right? We would look at historical pattern, make some sense of it, and perhaps apply to the future. In this situation, there is no historical pattern, right? So how do we take more of the recency frequency principle, right? The last day's data is as it's the most critical one. Maybe two days data is actually old and it doesn't Mm -hmm. apply, right? So be able to take the recent data, apply some gut and instinct to it, uh, and being able to be comfortable with knowing that it's not going to be 100% foolproof or bulletproof approach, uh, I think is going to be, you know, is the approach I recommend, right? And then the other thing is also, you know, just to kind of be comfortable with your own company, because as we are not being getting exposed to a lot of group interactions and all that stuff, right? How do you get comfortable with your own company? And that doesn't mean you you stop socializing, right? Whatever way you can socialize through Zoom or Skype or through WebEx or whatever that may be. But being able to be okay, you know, with your own company is important. And lastly, the importance of, I would say, keeping your mind healthy because, you know, it's so much information overload and so much negative information and negative, I don't mean in a wrong way, but because of what's happening, right? Your mind can certainly get deviated towards that, right? So kind of training your mind to be focusing on the positives and and just kind of sometimes tuning out is actually okay, you know, yeah. because sometimes knowing not too much is also okay because that helps your mind kind of you know, get calmed and then it's recharged and you know, and the next day you can start much, much fresher. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting that you say that it's a level playing 
field for everyone, right? The data that we had in the past doesn't make sense anymore. And being a leader, you are running a company and seeing this kind of change, right? Massive change that's coming your way that all of us dealing with it. So for you, Nikhil, what it means to become a leader in the in a post-pandemic world where what should we know? What, where are we getting into with the whole thing? I talk about this in my book about shifts on the leadership attributes. And, you know, first of all, I think the importance of trust for a leader to be able to amplify the trust with your employees, with your customers, with your stakeholders is very, very critical now than ever so, right? Because you are not having the physical contact anymore. You're not able to have workplace meetings. You're not able to visit customers as much as you used to do in the past. Uh, you're not able to you know, go out and kind of have in-person interactions, right? So the trust both with your employees and customers and partners is very important because ultimately they need to know that you are with them, right? Mm. You, you understand their problems. You understand their situation. Maybe you don't have a solution, right? But uh, having the opportunity to create that trust, you know, is very important. Secondly, I think the boundaries between home and workplace are gone, right? Because when you're going through these video calls, you're sitting in your employee's home and employees are sitting in your home. And so how do you make sure as a leader, you're making them comfortable? Mm. Because ultimately, somebody's living in a small house, somebody's living in a big house, you know, somebody has different personal situation, you know, their kids at home, uh, they are uh, older parents at home. So how do you as a leader make sure you minimize that kind of a stress for the employees, you know, as they're working through? And then also, you know, the focus on employee well-being has becomes a very integral part of leader. You know, how do you provide tools and avenues for your employees or your customers or your partners to be able to keep their kind of physical well-being and mental well-being well, right? So I think uh, one has to take an extra interest in that and put more efforts into that because no longer your work life and home life are separate anymore, right? I mean, they're kind of now all integrated. And I think, you know, I talk about in the book as to what importance a leader plays every day. Like, for example, in lockdowns, I was on the phone with my customers every night or every morning just understanding the pulse of the situation they are facing because that could have been different than what I was facing, right? In that sense, providing our employees, you know, maybe access to online tools, whether it's fitness classes, whether it's spiritual classes, Mm -hmm. whether it's meditation classes and so on, right? And then, you know, making sure health benefits, the way they were designed perhaps were very different. In, Mm -hmm. In these times, what exceptions can we make, right? Because it's important. Uh, there are different exceptions uh, now than ever, right? I mean, things about uh, providing information yeah. to our customers and employees, right? We realized that people are locked down at home, so we created a, a GoDaddy Academy because, you know, people were wanting to use their time and learn. And we said, what better way to help them educate themselves now because they have a lot of time on their hand, right? Uh, so I think that's really about the leadership. And my last thing is, it also gives everybody an opportunity to become a leader now. Because, again, as I go back to the leveling field, right, everything is leveled. And yeah. so even a 24-year-old will have perhaps the same experience as a 48-year-old because both of them have not you know, seen uh, the pandemic in yeah. any different way, right? Yeah. So it gets an opportunity to you know, rise above kind of what would be the traditional leadership uh, criteria may have been. Yeah. From the work culture perspective, right, you kind of shared a bit about, you know, working from the home and making the employees comfortable and stuff like that. As we can see, right, we are not going to office anytime soon. And I think a lot of companies down the line are going to adapt this culture. And you have also said that people are going to more move towards the freelance economy where instead of just working for one company full time, then, you know, people will be working for multiple things. Then what are the kind of things that we'll start seeing on that front? I think, first of all, you know, it's important to kind of continue to reskill yourself, especially around digitization, right? Because, hmm. I mean, all of us of some form of structure continue to learn about new things which are coming in the digital world, right? The AI, bots, I mean, you name it, right? I mean, there's just things happening, but at least make sure you're doing the basics because I think the speed of digitization, what took us 10 years is now happened in 10 months, right? Yeah. So that's really 
accelerating at a, at a phenomenal speed. So that's number one. Number two, I think the world of freelancing, you know, I think whether you're an external employee or whether you're an internal employee, I think we all should think about ourselves as freelancers because even companies who will ultimately, some of them are actually downsizing, right? They will look at employees as multi-skill, multifunctional, soft skill, hard skill, kind of, you know, kind of a talent pool, right? And, and in that way, being able to give that toolkit to your employees would be very important, right? So whether you, you're a marketing expert, but you need to know other things, right? So I think like before freelance was an outside concept. Now I think it yeah. will also become an internal concept, right? And then lastly, I think some industries are going to go through a lot of resetting, sadly, right? Hospitality, travel, event management, you know, physical event management. So how do you, if you are from those industries, right? How do you reskill yourself, right? You know, if you're in an event industry, a lot will move digitization, right? So how do you become an event management company, yeah. but being able to, you know, using digital skills, right? If you're in hospitality and travel, maybe domestic travel is going to increase more than you know international travel. So how do you pivot your model? So in that sense, I think very important. And lastly, I think entrepreneurship, right? This is going to be a, a great time because the problem is so big uh, that multiple stakeholders will be needed to solve it. So for example, healthcare, right? I'll give you an example, right? Telemedicine, nobody was ever comfortable with that. All of us are living with that, right? We would always want to visit the doctor, but now all of us do telemedicine, right? Yeah. And so everybody's used to it. Uh, so, you know, there is a lot of these grassroots innovation, which was always there, but it was never executed because our mindset was different. Yeah. But, you know, now it's there. You know, another example is people will travel three hours for a one-hour meeting, you know, maybe from Gurgaon to Noida or yeah. wherever, right? And now people are realizing, I don't need to do that, right? I mean, yeah. if it's just a one-hour meeting, why should I spend four hours you know, on the road. And before it was more of a trust thing, right? Okay, if I see the person face to face, I feel mm -hmm. more more important and so on. And I think uh, it's just getting comfortable uh, in a new way of doing business, right? And I think, uh, you know, as employees, you have to find ways to be more efficient and more productive because let's be honest, right? It is a challenge, right? Because when you're sitting at home, you have a learning curve to be productive because you have... Yeah things around you. Some people are not home working people. So you have to find your own rhythm slowly and steadily, you know, how to how to become, you know, efficient and productive. So there are a lot of apps out there uh, which you can kind of you know, look at for being more productive, managing your time, managing your tasks. Uh, because mm -hmm. it, you know it, it can become challenging doing that. Yeah, and absolutely like, you know, working from home, as you said, right, the lines are getting more blurry than ever, right? You you just don't know what's the working time. And also when you are working from home, it's uh, for the people at the home as well to not take the work seriously as well. I think that's one of the, uh, you know, great skills that everybody can now, you know, learn of defining that, hey, you know what, this is my work time and it's almost like I'm at the office and, you know, taking that seriously. And, and I think for the leaders as well to kind of train the team because we have never had that kind of exposure, right? Of like, you know, sitting at the home and still ensuring that I still do the same amount of work or maybe more because I have more time now working out of the homes. Um, so are there any specific tools or anything, tips that you'd like to give that you personally use to be more productive, uh, you know, while working from home with two kids that you have? Yeah, you know, it took me a while to kind of find my, you know, rhythm and I'm still finding it. But I will tell you, a few things I've been doing, right? I mean, I, I find that, you know, when you get up in the morning, deciding what to do and what not to do <laughs> has become more important. Because, you know, what, what happens is if you wake up in the morning and you start looking at emails and messages, your agenda gets hijacked because now you're working for everybody else. And I don't mean mm -hmm. it in a bad way, right? Because when people have sent you messages and emails and everything, I mean, and they are now coming like, it's like flooding with messages, right? Yeah. And you start answering one, you start answering other, and slowly what you set out for yourself in the day does not happen. So first thing I do is I actually don't look at my emails and WhatsApp in the morning. Yeah. I just go back and say, okay, here are the five things minimum I need to achieve today. And I make that list before I start anything because then it helps me, okay, I, I got to do these things. I realize the first two, three hours are more productive than probably the rest of the day because you slowly, slowly ultimately get hijacked. 
I tend to finish those most important tasks in the first half of the day in perhaps the peak time I feel like, which I need to do, right? Uh, because I feel like that's that's the most critical one. I try to do more the mundane messaging and all that stuff, you know, responding in a downtime like lunch and something, right? And, and mm-hmm. so on. Because I feel like if it's so time critical, somebody will call you, right? If it's it's, yeah. it's like a life and death, obviously people will call you. Otherwise, you know, you, you pick your, pick your, you know, time. That's also, I tend to break, you know, tend to stand up at work. Also, I had my standing desks because I feel like it, you know, gets your blood flowing and, you know, keeps your body posture much better. So now that home, I don't have that. I tend to also find a place where I could just take some calls or, or, or video calls while standing up, uh, mm. because again, it just helps uh, you change the monotony of the work. Right. And so, and, you know, if, if your house permits, depending on your situation, uh, I, I have, you know, maybe at least two places I worked, you know, in my home, maybe because I just change corners. Sometimes this, that helps, right? And so on. And sometimes there's no lockdown. I do my one-on-one sometime uh, on the phone while walking uh, outside. Uh, all of us don't get enough of sun. And in India, you know, you need the vitamin D. So go out and do a 30-minute walk and take a call while doing that, you know, it just presses your mind and keeps you, uh, you know, again, kind of focused in that way. And then, uh, you know, I think uh, just saying no to things is more important now than ever, right? I mean, because there are a lot more requests coming everybody's way. No matter what line of business you are, there are a lot of requests coming. And sometimes you can get overwhelmed because you want to help everybody. Sometimes you just can't, and 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 you know it's okay to say no. I and and address right. So I think the most important thing I've learned is, and I'm still learning is you know what to say no to because you want to help people, you want to help uh, everything, but sometimes you just also make sure right. I mean they say, you know when you're flying, they always say right that if the if it's shortage of oxygen, you put your air mask first on yourself That's before putting onto other. And I apply the you know you want you have to apply the same principle because. You got to make sure you you are okay mentally, physically, uh, your time wise, your product productivity wise, uh, and then you know you plan everything around it. Uh, yeah, Nikhil, earlier you mentioned about you know the mental health aspect of it, and for us as an individual, because we are locked at our homes and not much of a socializing, and you know often feels like I'm alone in this. While we all are in this together, but it feels like I'm alone in this, and uh, you know, that's one aspect of it, like how we as an individual can ensure that, you know, we are taking care of our mental health because it's more important than ever because of the whole thing. You know, it can get pretty lonely at times, you know, being at homes and not going out and not being able to share your things with others. That's one side of things. And what are the things that as a leaders can ensure for their teammates saying that, you know, they stay at the peak of the health? What are the, some of the things that we can do as individual and as a leader to ensure that you know team stays at the peak of their mental health? Yeah, I think mental well-being, you know, is already a challenge way before, but I think the pandemic certainly has has taken it to a very uh, unfortunately extreme levels, right? So first of all, I think we should do the basics, right? Keep checking on your friends, families, colleagues, partners, customer, because nobody you know talks about it very openly. A few people do, but many don't. You know, so it's important to be able to reach out to your your close circle and and even your work circle and anybody within your circle. Just inquire to see how you're doing. A lot of time, people just need to talk. You may not have a solution, but people just need to talk, and people need to know that somebody's there to talk, right? So hmm. that matters a lot. Secondly, I think uh, create avenues for your employees to be able to you know, access some tool which which is giving them some sort of a, you know, space. So for example, right, tools like Headspace, right? Those are men- meditation apps, right? Now it's not for everybody. Some people may, people may want to do yoga. Some people may want to just yeah. listen to music. But provide, you know, known things which have worked, right? During the pandemic, you know, we did some online concerts for our employees. We did some yoga sessions, you know, we also provided access to certain apps, which are around meditation and mental well-being. And also just had, we would just have meetings, which were just about doing nothing, right? In the old world, there used to be the water cooler chats, right? So how do we just have, you know, meetings yeah. over, over video technology, which are just no agenda meetings, right? Yeah. Things also like reduce the 
kind of video calls overburden right if you just need a 10 minute video call just have a 10 minute video call versus all yeah. originally there used to be a minimum of 30 minutes we don't need mm-hmm. 30 minutes so that mindset helps both employees get less you know stressed and so on absolutely so nikhil for you personally uh, what are the three biggest lessons that you have learned at a personal level since we went into this pandemic and the lockdown you know if you have to put them into like three biggest lessons you know my dad in his early days uh, it reminds me of a quote by mark twain uh, you know which was like when i was a boy of uh, 14 my father was so ignorant you know i could hardly stand to have the old man around but when i got to be 21 i was so astonished at how much he had learned in 7 years so essentially it was more about your own learning than <laughs> and you know my dad used to uh, and i dedicated this book to him because you know in, in the 90s and in the 2000s when i was living in the us you know my dad had taken a very keen interest in disaster recovery and planning and crisis management right both at the business and government level and you know on his visits when he used to visit me when i was in new york and chicago you know he would ask me to like call all these disaster recovery crisis management organization to send brochures and information and i used to get so irritated by i'm like he would take every day asking me this this and we would have a, a two suitcases full of these when he would take it back you know to india and those were you know when everything was not online and you know when the pandemic hit i realized what he was thinking in those days that mm. as businesses and as households and we hardly plan for this because we had got so used to that unless there is an earthquake or unless there is a flood there's nothing else which will be so called a disaster or a crisis management right and we just elevated that i mean it's astonishing to say how many of us were not prepared for this uh, and let's be honest right we can say uh, yes right i mean and how many businesses were not prepared for it right and businesses for example what's your business continuity plan uh, you know yeah. what is your you know sow of managing this right what is your plan around managing your business managing your employees managing your customers and all that stuff right so first lesson is like we all have to have a disaster recovery and you know kind of business continued plans in place and and also at a personal level right because it just amplified that without that in in one day everything can go you know go away and i think i would say that's number one and applies to your basic personal professional or any other level right second i think you know i had been involved in 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 csr work during even the airtel marathons and all we talked about you know i'd run for causes but i think i'm glad to see the shift towards a purpose driven mindset it was nice to see so many people coming out and helping uh, yeah. you know when the whole lockdown happened uh, individuals corporates celebrities and it was just great to see that as a society as a community i i felt like everybody wanted to do things but maybe they don't are not able to do it but suddenly it came out the empathy empathy yeah. right mm. uh, and, and so the purpose driven mindset really you know came about so that was really wonderful to see and you know i mean i was fortunate enough to also involved do fundraising for daily laborers and daily musicians and 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 a few of the foundations so it was really nice to see that coming from everybody right yeah and then lastly i would say the focus on we talked about it you know mental and physical well-being yeah. health comes first that's on top of the list right without health nothing matters right so you can chase all the commercialization in the world but if you're not healthy you're not going to be there to enjoy it right so i've seen a lot of people go through a transformation during this lockdown in a positive way so i hope this continues uh, that you know that you have always as an individual and as a company have focusing on the mental and physical well-being it starts from there and then of course you know goes to to the other aspects right so i would say you know those three things i think uh, were probably pretty big in my mind which i've seen and hope they continue and then of course you know in my book i talk about the shifts around leadership and innovation and how to really use this opportunity to sometimes Uh, have a beginner's mindset absolutely indeed i think i mean for me as well the the biggest realization was that whatever you 
have done and as you also mentioned right thus far all of a sudden can be completely irrelevant and then how quickly you can adapt and accept and adapt the change and like okay this is what it's going to be and instead of wasting a lot of time in 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 just complaining about the things and not kind of uh, you know still saying that oh i'm going to wait for things to get back to normal how quickly what are the new ways i can do what are the new things that i can you know do and new skills maybe i can pick to kind of adapt to this situation so that's been the top uh, on my so nickel you often talk about being a missionary first before being a mercenary could you please explain this it's the part of the corporate a purpose driven mindset right and when i say when i talk about missionary first mercenary next it's essentially is all about you know start with a purpose in life right and start with a business with a purpose right what problem do we want to solve and how do we want to impact the lives of people for whom we are solving the problem right so i think there is a a proven kind of science behind that if you are a missionary you can always become a mercenary meaning if you start with the problem you start with a purpose money and commercialization will come but if you start with mercenary approach which is all around hey, i want to make more money yeah. regardless of the problem so yeah. you cannot become a missionary from a mercenary but you can always become a mercenary after being a missionary right so mm-hmm. this is all about being a purpose driven kind of approach where what matters is what problem are we solving what impact do we want to make to the problem we are solving and then make money off it right and i think it helps you personally professionally right because even going back to the example we were talking about about people coming out around pandemic right that purpose driven approach just helps you actually it helps you personally get feel more fulfilling mm. and it actually helps in your mental wellbeing because see yeah. what's the best thing when you're going through crisis to solve somebody else's problem it takes your mind makes you feel more satisfied makes you feel more fulfilled when you've helped somebody in need and that's one of the other learnings you know from, from keeping your mind more i would say balanced because no matter sometime you're going through a problem and is you know making your mental state more complex when you and you look at somebody else's problem you're like oh my god like what i was complaining about right somebody is on the street and doesn't have food to eat and doesn't have you know a transportation to go back to home or doesn't have healthcare and you were complaining about oh i'm stuck at home for 14 days yeah. and oh i'm kind of get you know so it just just puts everything in relativity yeah and so i think the the importance of purpose helps your own mind state it helps your business state it helps you ultimately succeed and thrive and if you look at most of the successful businesses in the world you know they continue to be purpose driven i talk about even in business right when you are even putting out uh, branding messages it's important to connect to your purpose because i think after the lockdown consumers have become a lot more conscious of are you a purpose driven brand right yeah. were you there for your customers were you there for your other stakeholders were you there for your community you know they value much and their customers will become more more loyal there as well absolutely so i want to now switch a little bit of a gear and looking at your own journey of being a leader and and having the leadership position in different organizations and so what would be your message to maybe 20 year old kid who might be running in the streets maybe distributing newspaper like you did in your 20s or maybe you know working at the gas station but have the dreams and maybe don't know you know what to do next and how to go about it and then they just don't have anything in the sight what would be your message to let's say 20 years old self first of all i think you know what what i if i remember of of those days and i always keep a good diary of that right one was just I think again I go back to purpose you know my purpose was like okay I wanted to it was never about money but it was all about being able to like as I spoke about my dad right I always had this role model of that I want to create some sort of a name for myself in whatever small way right about uh, in the line of work I do right so having that purpose in your mind you know kind of helps you overcome and blank out a lot of obstacles which come your way right so again start with a purpose and purpose should never be money i mean money is an outcome everybody needs money or let's be honest it's part of being living in the way we want to be but but having a more larger purpose of what success is right for you mm. and, you know so for me it was you know when i was 20 i was looking at a 3 to 5 year horizon right i would never look at oh my god for 10 years 20 years i felt like that was too long and it was very overwhelming right? so break break it up in small chunks 
of your lifespan, right? Second, I think just just dealing with uncertainty and embracing uncertainty and not not getting panicked or, or or anxious about it. It's you know it's a muscle you develop slowly, but but have that you know, and that can come to you through a good network of friends. You know, so I talk about importance of networking. Like so, everybody I used to meet, you know, in, in my early days, and that time you used to have those business cards, right? I would keep keep the business cards. I will always send a you know a Christmas greeting to them or a New Year greeting to them or a Diwali greeting to them. But I kept in touch. And all the good things happened in my life in those years were because I was just keeping in touch with people in some form of structure. And when, you know, something I needed from them, whether it's even uh, simple advice, uh, it wasn't like I haven't spoken to them in two years and I call randomly to say, oh, I'm ass calling, right? Mm. People value relationships, not just when you need them, but generally because they know that you're generally interested in keeping a relationship, right? So yeah. investing in people and maintaining them, making your relationships count for you, not just always in a self-fulfilling way, but it, for helping others also. You know, that really helped and, you know, made a lot of difference in, in my life. And third, I think, you know, I always say that, you know, hard work and commitment trumps, I would say, your IQ. Yeah. You know, you're, you're gifted with some people are brilliant and some people are average. But if you put the hard work, you know, put the right uh, commitment to it, good things will come out of it, right? And I think uh, I always felt myself to be, you know, like I'm always chasing rather than always feeling like I've arrived, right? For in every every milestone of my kind of uh, life, right? And, and that always helps me keep it on my toes, right? Even today, I, I feel like, you know, I always talk about having a mentor younger than you and having a mentor older than you. And, and you know, yeah. if you have a mentor under... Uh, younger than you, whether it's a 25-year-old or 35-year-old, it helps you connect with what's happening and what's going to happen in the next 20 years, right? Because at my age, I could start saying, oh, this is the world. And I look 10 years behind and like, hey, it's not at all the world, right? So having a younger mentor and older mentor both keep you balanced, right? So that's yeah. also important in your life. In that sense. So, you know, those are the few things. And again, you know, I think just generally your network of people most important. Yeah. Nothing more important than that. Yeah. And I think I completely agree with this part because one of the things that doing this podcast really allows me is to, you know, tap into the mindset of a lot of these really cool people and also, you know, to have access and network with the people whom otherwise it would have never been possible. And and I have seen, you know, that kind of helping me in my own journey in in the past four years of journey, like if there is one thing that has really helped me, then it's the network and the right kind of people surrounding with the right kind of people and also being there to help them and also, you know, asking, not hesitating to ask help when I need it from them, right? Because a lot of people also find it difficult, really difficult to ask for help. And it's okay to ask for the help. And but also at the same time, you have to resonate that by becoming, you know, of service to them when they need, right? Yeah, and this is a great example, right? I mean, you and I met only once at Airtel, but I think just just keeping in touch. Yeah, and I've seen your you know wonderful progress of of where where you are now and so on, right? So I think uh, it just for, for both uh, in this case for myself to kind of learn a little bit more about your world and broadcasting, which is which is you know evolving in such a big way, right? So I think it's it's just the ability to have sincere intentions about meeting people and keeping in touch with people and not about what am I going to get from them and what are they going to give yeah. me, right? I think that mindset one is changes, right? Sincerity about the intentions is very important. Absolutely. All right, Nikhil, now I call a segment. There's a segment which I call is the enlightening round, which is more going to be a short answers, you know, real quick. I'm going to fire some questions at you. Are you ready for this? I'll, I'll try. Let's see, you know, how, how, how young and dynamic my mind is. <laughs> what inspires you to do everything that you do? Purpose. It's always for me, it's all, always about purpose, right? Because, you know, and, and, and purpose changes, I'll tell you, because purpose doesn't need to be consistent. But example of, for me, like in my line of work, right, small businesses, the most affected community from pandemic or generally they have the hardest time getting finances, right? So for me, doing one small thing, right? 
uh, which can transform their life, right? Sometimes it's as good as somebody coming online and buying a domain and that started the business and became yeah. very big, you know, is, is a big thing, right? So the other one is last year, you know, I did a fundraising with Salim Suleiman around musicians, people mm. who sing in front of hotels and everything, and they had nothing to, you know, feed themselves, right? And, and so the purpose changes in different aspects, but again, you know, for me, that's one thing I learned from my dad was like, you know, that as you get older and when I see him now and, you know, in his kind of later part of his life, his level of satisfaction is so high yeah. than people perhaps in his work who may have made 10 times more money, just the content and satisfaction, right? So I think uh, having a purpose and the purpose could be different in different segments of life. You wake up in the morning and you know, you know your purpose, whether it's on a personal or professional front, gets you excited. Uh, more than anything. What is that one mindset shift, you know, that you've had in your life at a certain point of time, which you think, you know, had the biggest impact in your growth? I think having belief in yourself without getting unduly influenced by negativity. And, and let me expand on that, right? I mean, there is a fine line between you think what's right and taking feedback and input. Now, I think you got to do a good balance of, you know, having a belief in doing something, but also bouncing off people. But once you've done that exercise, right, stick to your belief and stick to your, what you think you want to do, and then not unduly get influenced by a lot of negativity. Because for every one positive thing, you'll get nine negative things, generally, in anything. Yeah. You go on social media today and look at it. You get one good comment and nine bad comments on everything, right? I mean, like it's a pattern, yeah. right? I mean, mm -hmm. and like when you do good things, nobody is going to give you a pat on the back or maybe one person. When you do bad things, 10 people. And then the, those bad things are also not that you wanted to do bad things. It just happened, right? Yeah. Something went wrong. Yeah. So just having your mind trained to stick to belief and not get influenced by negativity in today's mind, you know, because there's so much hate out there especially with, with the onset of social media and open platforms, to be able to you know, stick to what you think, have the guiding principles uh, for yourself. Yeah. And yeah. once you have those guiding principles, you know, you, you, you'll be fine. Continue to take feedback, continue to take inputs. But remember, you know yourself best. So finding your own self best uh, is very important in that you know, journey of getting to that belief because everybody is different. Everybody operates differently. And and there is no set formula, but your ability to find yourself when, in which situations do you thrive better, in which situations you don't thrive better, what kind of people uh, you get positive energy from, and what people you get negative energy from, right? I mean, to so surround yourself with five, six of all those positive energy people, you know, and, and that helps you in achieving and, you know, keeping up your belief. What was the one wrong belief that you've held for the longest period of time about yourself? You know, I, I would say sometimes you, I mean, I wouldn't say it's wrong, but it's just a learning I had was, you know, sometimes you undermine your own ability to impact other people's life. And I'll give you one example, right? I mean, the last 12 months, I've always been involved in CSR work, right? Avoid from mm -hmm. like run, raising funds through a lot of my marathons and half marathons. But ability to be able to, you know, all of us have a lot more perhaps power and impact than we think like for example last year even there were places where some certain communities needed help uh, because of yeah. time of crisis and i really don't feel good about calling people for obligations right there's just me I, i'm a very always self-sustaining i want to be like okay i i don't like it no. but i realized that sometimes it's you know when you're trying to help others it's okay to reach out and there's nothing wrong in like I want you know like I don't want to call it like word begging, but sometimes if you're helping others, right? So there were certain foundations or certain causes which needed money, and I didn't have the avenue to support, but I called somebody to say, "Hey, this community really needs help. Can you help them, please?" Yeah. And that really changed because they said, "Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, we would," you know, because they had a bit of respect and regard and credibility in myself, and so they did it, right? So I just yeah. realized that. It's okay to uh, <laughs> use the influence that you have, right? Yeah, yeah and, and no, it's okay to like, because, you know, for me, generally, I, I feel like I don't like taking obligation. But then I realized, you know, it is for the larger good. It's okay to ask people, please go help this and your ability to have influence, right? So all of us 
uh, trust me, have that ability to influence. It's just that sometimes we just don't use it uh, or we have never been awakened to it, right? Yeah. I mean, like most of us have been awakened to in the business side of things, but I'm looking at outside the business side of things, right? I mean, I've been like sometimes even a young person has come out and read something about what perhaps I read, wrote, or like speaking in this case, and and it connected with them, right? So I think I feel like it's important to keep sharing back, giving back also because again, the, the value of influence and it's it's unrelated to your age. You know, a twenty year old will have the same power to be able to influence than a 40-year-old, right? So I think all of us need to recognize that. And I think once we recognize that, you know, we are able to put out and and just, you know, be fearless in that, right? Because there's not a wrong or right approach. Yeah, yeah. You know, just put it out there. Absolutely. So could you share a book or two that has influenced you personally in the recent past? Firstly, not, you know, to be self-serving, I think my <laughs> my my book of, Subtle shifts or radical changes. You know, it's not about my book per se. I just felt like the, the way this book started, Vijay, uh, was mm-hmm. when I was sitting on a lot of these video calls, I realized yeah. there was so much learning coming during mm-hmm. the lockdown from different people, right? I mean, how, Absolutely. you know, the police was using now a segue to patrol the streets, you know, how local grocery stores were now finding ways to deliver medicines to you. And there's so many inventions happening, right? So I realized there's so much happening. And then, you know, using that process to be able to bring it in a book format. And my reason was that I didn't want that knowledge to get lost. Uh, so, you know, th- that was certainly one, right? I mean, other than that, you know, I think, uh, yeah, I, you know, there's a book called Accidental Iron Man, which, which I relate to because I was never meant to be an athlete, uh, but yeah. I, I actually only started running after I was 40 years old and, you know, having done like 30 marathons and half marathons and doing two, three Iron Men's, right? I mean, I think so that was very relatable. Good to Great is a great business book, right? It's always continues to uh, give some new uh, insights into, uh, as a leader, right? How do you go from an, you know, average person to become, you know, a great person? Uh, you know, recently I had experience to meet uh, Miss Kiran Bedi and, you know, some of the books she has written around, you know, are, are very inspiring. I mean, one of the books yeah. that talked about was stories of 13 kids who actually grew up in jail mm. and they've all gone out and did great things, you know, so that's one. And I've, you know, I've always read uh, books on, on Mahatma Gandhi, just about his ability to be able to inspire millions of people, right? In the times, there was a book about uh, It's Still Me, which is all about, uh, you know, how after you suffered a medical kind of condition that you were able to still live life, right? So, you know, I, I think they're, they're kind of, you know, all, all dimensions, you know, uh, there's a book about the Nike founder, Shoe Dog, which talks about how Nike actually never wanted to be a company which has become, right? And, but some interesting yeah. kind of, you know, learnings there. So, so normally I don't now read a lot of books at full length, to be honest. I take small bites uh, because mm. again, I think it's become quite a, with, with so much time pressure right now. So I go out and pick up small, small bites from, you know, from different parts about, uh, you know, whether they're related to uh, business, whether they're related to, you know, personal development, right? Like Robin Williams, you know, talks about, you know, and, and, and so, so there's just a lot of good stuff out there around, you know, small, small bites. Awesome. Absolutely. I link Nikhil's book, The Subtle Shifts of Radical Change on the description of this episode. Make sure that you pick that up. Nikhil kind of answers the questions and what are the roles leaders can play in decision making? What are the future of work look like? the pace of change and how do you handle that and how do you move from certainty or entitlement to humility. It's a beautiful read. You would enjoy you know, reading The Subtle Shift of Radical Change. I'll link that up on the description. Nikhil, I have one last question that I want to ask you. But before I ask you that question, if people would like to reach out to you, get to learn more about you or your book or generally the work that you do, what is the best possible way to reach out to you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm quite active on my Instagram channel. It's uh, nikhilorora.official. You connect up there and, and follow. I keep posting things out there. And, um, you know, of course, I have my LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, but I, I try to stay more active on Instagram and a little bit of LinkedIn. Twitter, I do only when I need to because yeah. there's a lot of, as I said, it's just a, a channel which is great. And sometimes it just has yeah. its own uh, shadows. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Instagram is the, is the, is the best one, which I, and the other thing, Vijay, I, I, if I may ask, uh, yes. just make one comment, which is uh, which I, I forgot to make earlier, was 
you know, one of the things also as an opportunity as a community is this pandemic has given us to include women workforce yeah. into the world because, and I mentioned this in my book, right? When pandemic happened in all these video calls, right? The Zoom call or these conferences, women representation was less than 10%. And it wasn't by design, but I feel like because now we only have 20% of women workforce in our employment in the country. Mm. We want mm-hmm. to change that to 40%. And this opportunity gives a great thing, right? Because before there were commute problems, you know, women sometimes play multiple roles and have you yeah. know, more, more responsibilities. Now we have a perfect opportunity to, as leaders, as businesses, to include and drive the women workforce, pay equality, inclusion equality, and so on, right? So I just wanted to mention that because I think this is a good, great opportunity and a gift given yeah. to us to be able to you know, move that metric you know, a lot further. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that. And I think, you know, for us as well, even if it's a a small, tiny startup, we have, you know, ensured that we have like a very good representation of uh, gender, people from the different walks of life. Uh, Thank you for pointing that out. So here's the last question, Nikhil. Imagine you are standing on a stage and this is the largest stadium that has ever been built in the history of the world. And there are millions and millions of people on that stadium. And you have been given only one minute of time to share the most important lesson that you have learned in your life, what would be your message? I think it's just a simple statement. You know, it's not how good you are, but how great you can be. And to me, it's always about, you know, greatness lies in all of us. We don't have to create greatness. God has given us greatness in all of us. It's just our job to find that and use that and really, you know, kind of get better and better at that, right? So a lot of us are good at things when we are in life from yeah. good to great that journey is all about discovering your own yeah. self and sometimes it's not about learning 20 new things you know you have some natural greatness in you and sometimes you can only find it through interactions with others others actually help you find that and once you found that you know i think the road becomes a lot more exciting and fulfilling awesome thank you so much nikhil for being on the show it's been an honor to have you on the show Thank you and uh, good luck to your uh, venture and certainly seeing some great things coming out of your uh, venture. And so uh, keep up the great work. And, uh, you know, I hope to learn more things about podcasting and how to how to be much better at that. Awesome. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inspiring Talk with Nikhil Arora. I hope you learned something or got some inspiration. You can find the show notes of this episode with all the resources mentioned at theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 111. That is theinspiringtalk.com forward slash 111. And if you'd like to send a voice message to me, sharing your feedback for the show, you can do that by visiting theinspiringtalk.com forward slash S-P-E-A-K. Speak. I'll link that on the description. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you in the next. Now, go out there and do something inspiring.